Hello Day! Hello, Ollie! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 228. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 228. How the devil are you doing? Fine. Are you? Yep. Are we going to talk about it? Are we going to address the elephant in the room? <laughs> Specifically, you? The elephant man in the room. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I've basically had the plague. Um, Listeners, what you can't nice. see on account of how the babble is still being done in audio vision. Thank Christ. Is Ol's face. What did you say to me just before we started? That if you open your mouth too wide, all your scabs scab up and you unpop your scabs or something. What did you say? Uh, yes, but I wouldn't say that on air. But yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've had uh, not one, but two highly contagious skin infections <laughs> and my <laughs> face turned into a war zone. So uh, and those side of my hands and my feet. And it will not surprise you to know this is indirectly the fault of my children and other people's children. And it's been horrible, but it's oh. getting better. So let's not dwell on it, hey? Poor all, poor all. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I don't want to mock anything about your appearance, no. whether, or not, whether or not you have the plague. So we'll just move on. Mm. And what are we going to talk about this week then, old Bean? Well, talking of pox, uh, <laughs> an alternative way of spelling pox without the s is poc which uh obviously if you turn that around backwards is cop and that's what we're going to be talking about this oh, week wow. dave we're wow, going to be talking wow. about cop 26 because it's because. bloody coming up mm. it is soon so we're going to be talking about the road to cop what's happening on the way there uh not literally well 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 well, we'll come to that. But uh, more metaphorically, how are we doing? How is the global community doing as it tries to stop the planet frying in a conference in Glasgow? Yeah, spoiler, not well. And we're not going to try and cover everything. We're just going to pick out some of the things, pick, pick. out some of the things that have uh, caught our attention and uh, over the last week or so. What we're also going to do, Paul, is we're going to talk. This is an episode called The Road to Cop. And we're going to, at the end, have a little chat to a guy with a bear who is literally on the road to cop, who is walking from the south of England to Glasgow with a bear because he's so bothered about these here climate talks. And if that doesn't make your scabby face seem like less of an encumbrance, I don't know what, what will. Super. Uh, right, just the usual disclaimers. Uh, we both work for environment charities, uh, don't we, Dave? Yes, we do, yep, yep. Um, so these are very Well, but I do. You, you haven't been doing much work for your environmental charity of late. No, I've just been not been able to open your eyes because of all the pus. Being being ill uh, on their dollar. Yeah, thanks very much for not sacking me yet. Uh, But yeah, we work for environment charities. Uh, These are very much our own views. Uh, So if you've got any beef with anything we say, take it up with us, not with the people for whom we work. Yes? Yes. And we are a listener-funded podcast. So if you want to hear more of these sorts of chats and if you want to keep me from dying of uh, the Black Death... Give us some money at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash sustainable. Thank you to the many people who do. Stop picking your scab. Stop it. Stop picking. I saw what you did there. You were either picking your nose or your scab. Either way, it's not acceptable. I can see you. Stop it. Technically, it was both because I've had a really nasty spot on the inside of my nose. with it. Things what have happened. 
Right. This is the section where we talk about current affairs. Yes. Um, we like, yes, we do that well. Yes. Do you remember that's what all, all we used to do? I went back the other day and I listened to episode three Such a of Sustainable. Why do you do that? Oh, there was a reason, a technical reason for it. It was last week I had to make the little echoey noise thing of you saying something with the echoey noise and I've lost the ability to do that unless I go back to an early episode. And Anyway, you don't need to know. It's fine. I have to do that. And then while I was in there, I fiddled with the levels and made it sound a little bit less like two people who'd never done a podcast before shouting into buckets. So, oh, but that was you the know. charm of those early episodes. Well, it still sounds like we can't do a podcast, but at least now it sounds like <laughs> we're well produced. We, recordings, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that, those early episodes, all they were was current affairs. All we would do every week was we would say, hey, oh, this week someone's been a twat. And then we would talk about it. Um, don't be do up on early. That. Don't be up on early babble. Like we were well, finding our way. It's okay. We were. We were, we were iterating, weren't we? Yes. We were working in an agile fashion work for environmental charities but this is very much our own shtick isn't it ollie it is so if you've got any beef with us or what we say um directed at us not at our employers Ah, it certainly does suck right so first thing i thought we'd do in this what's going on with cop thing is just talk about a bit about your sense of whether or not the public give a shit about the fact that a massive climate talk is about to happen, particularly here in the UK. A big, mahusive climate shindig is about to happen. Is it your sense that anyone, do you see what I mean, cares? <laughs> ha, well, I've got an interesting anecdote on this, which Good. is where... Uh, and I don't know how to tell this without identifying person. Anyway, someone... Well, say, say person and I'll put a beep in. OK. Is it Mrs O? What? No, no. Mrs. Ol. Well, someone connected to Mrs. Ol. Oh, is it you? No. Who works as a um, civil servant. So you'd think would not know about everything the government's doing, but know about, like, big <laughs> government priorities and stuff. I, um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily think that, but anyway. Oh, well, I would. I, anyway, <laughs> they, they said on a WhatsApp chat... What is COP26 when right. uh, Mrs. Ole referred to it? And like this is somebody who not only works for the government, but is very interested in current affairs and politics and stuff. Uh, and so I'm, I'm genuinely not like beating up on that person. It just, it was a bit of an eye opener. It's like, oh yeah, actually, almost nobody cares about this. Well, we should, like, let's not fall into that trap, eh? Right? It is entirely possible. There are people listening to this episode of Sustainable who for some reason have made it this far and do not know what a cop is. And this isn't the sort of thing we normally talk about. We did have an episode back in episode 195, I think, all about COP26. It was about a year ago. But what is a COP26? Oh, why should we care? What is it? Go. Go back and listen to episode no! 195. No, no, no. <sighs> bad, bad host. <laughs> bad. Oh, okay. I'm, but I just know you're going to tell me this is boring, but I'll, I'll try and do it oh, fun. Make it not boring. You wait till you get here, to your quiz. <laughs> here comes fun. Oh, it's a conference where the world's leaders oh. come together to try to agree. Hang uh, on. Hang action. on. What? Hang on. I'm playing the sexy conference music. Every conference is sexy by definition. Look, they all come together for a big shindig. This year it's in Glasgow and it's hosted by the UK and Italy. Everyone seems to have forgotten that, but well, it's yeah, jointly hosted what? by the UK and Italy. 
Oh, that, is that like that time that uh, my mate had two best men, me and another guy, uh, and the other guy was the best man, but Mark and <laughs> did all the work? <laughs> did you like about, that? That's, that sounds very, very apt, yes. Yeah. It's just like that. Um, and anyway, the, these happen every year, and it's part of a big sort of diplomatic effort to try and get global coordinated action on climate change. Right? That's, that's an important you being, thing. That's you being, that is, of course, it's an important thing. Don't do your noise well, at me, then. I'm just really worried this is going to be a boring episode, Ol. Well, don't... Go. What? I, of course I also it's want to make you shout so loud no that your scabs pop off. No one was thinking it was going to be a boring episode until you, until you spent the first five minutes going, oh, this is going to be a boring episode. Every right. bloody opportunity. Okay. Some of us are trying to Fine. make it entertaining. Make it entertaining, then. Don't shout too loud, you'll burst your face. Bored, 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 bored. It's important right. that countries cooperate on climate change, right? Yes, it is. It because... is a global problem, we're not going right. to fix it by acting unilaterally. No, indeed, no. Why don't you just say that? Anyway, so that's big... what's happening. And this year right. is important because uh, five years, well, six years ago at Paris... They said, right, this is what we're going to do. We, we all agree we're going to try not to fry in an eternal pit of hellfire, which everyone seemed to think was a huge diplomatic achievement. Personally, I would have thought that was a relatively <laughs> obvious thing to agree, but there we go. Yeah. Um, and they said, and we'll come back in five years' time to agree how we've all upped the ante in terms of what we're actually going to do about it. And this is the upped the ante one, um, delayed by a year, and they're supposed to have seriously upped their ante uh, and they haven't. <laughs> what I asked you was, if you are paying attention, do you think people care? Do you think people have noticed? No. No. But, well, really. as in, like, obviously some people, for some people it's extremely important. Lots of people we know and work with, it's extremely well, important. But I, was, yes. I think given everything what is going on, um, and just given the nature of things like this, no, I don't think very many people know about it, let alone care. Well, that might be about to change. So there's a couple of weeks as of the time of recording. When does it start? It starts on Sunday, yeah? So that is two weeks after this episode comes out. It starts, right? And you're going to see some stuff about it for sure, right? Like the front pages of the papers are talking about climate change. If you are a fan of Coronation Street, Emmerdale, EastEnders or Holly Oaks, which are TV programmes in the UK, apparently. Some of those stretch the definition of TV programme a little bit. I'm astonished that Hollyoaks is still going. Is it still going, really? According to this thing in the mirror, which basically says that in an un... This is going to be awful, but well done from from trying. In in, in an unprecedented event. You know this thing that happens in soap operas when they exist in their own little world. So, like, you never see them watching other soap operas on telly or talking in the pub about what happened in the other soap opera last night. Yeah. But they're going to do that. They're going to, like, all acknowledge each other's existence and kind of have characters from one appearing in the other ones, which is going to be a little bit comic relief, if you want my opinion. (laughs) How shit that is. But they're going to do that anyway. I don't mean that in a good way, do you? <laughs> I very rarely mean that in a good way. Um, but what they're going to do is like those characters will pop up talking about climate change and things. And I don't know how this is going to happen in a way that doesn't make everybody want to burn an otter immediately. <laughs> All right, get out of my pub until you can learn some manners. Well, in the last episode of Biker Grove, it was revealed that the writers of Biker Grove were trying to write out the cast of Biker Grove. So the characters of Biker Grove 
uh, took arms against the writers of Biker Grove, who were trying to stop Biker Grove happening. I don't understand. How did, how did they do that? Because presumably they had to say the lines that had been written for them. Tricky, isn't it? Put yourself in Jeff's shoes. What's, what's going on? What, <laughs> you're looking at me expectantly. I don't remember this. Tell me why it's relevant. It's relevant because, as telly goes, this could be really shit. That's that's why. But right. but anyway, it's happening. So that's the thing. And it's one of those things that's like, okay, that's quite significant. And it's going to be all sorts of other stuff happening that people will notice, right? But no, I agree with you that people aren't really noticing it at the moment. Although there is a lot of stuff going on in various bits of the media, including... Yes, I, I do agree. I do agree. With you. Like, I, I, I think it is different this time mm. that, like, there have been loads more mainstream media talking about the fact that it's happening like for for months actually and i know that i obviously notice it because it's the thing i'm interested in but it is there to be noticed and that's different like in previous years they would have gone like right what's happening next week shit there's a huge climate conference right we'll talk about that for a week and then it's christmas and that's not what's going on now is it no, there is in general more media coverage of climate these days, which is a good thing, although yeah. mostly that's media coverage of shit going wrong, which is a bad thing. Um, but one of the one of the institutions, what has been firmly getting behind the old saving the planet thing, is... Your royals. The, the firm. The firm, that's right. Brenda and what's Charlie called? Uh, Brian? Uh, Brian, yeah. Brenda and Brian be getting behind it. Yeah, Brian in particular has been properly, properly going for it. And son of Brian, whatever Brian's name is, William. So William's got this thing called the Earthshot Prize, which is a thing that is like a prize for saving the Earth. I think yes. we've talked about that in a past babble we somewhere. Yeah. I think we've talked about Charlie loving the planet a bit as well. Well, he's going on and he's saying, Scott Morrison, off of Australia, you're an Inhofe and you should come to these here talks so that I can smack you about. And the reason he says so that I can smack you about is because he will be there because he's going to them, as is his mum, as is his son. How about yeah, that? which is you know, quite impressive, really. Mm. Quite impressive that Brenda's pitching up. I mean, she looks bored at the things that she is known to love, like horse racing and stuff. So Christ knows how she's going to get through this. You know, everyone's always on about, like, I'd love to be queen. It'd be amazing being queen or king. Everyone's no, like, I, I, I'd love I've to be queen. I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah, people want to be. People are always like, oh, oh if, you know, they've never, yeah, yeah. never done a day's work in their life. They don't know they're born, blah, 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 right? All of that, if I was king. Imagine for a minute, you know the Babel theme tune, right? Yes. Yes. Done by the wonderful Dickie Moore off of Bearcraft and Scrupulity, right? Which I think you and I have heard few about a thousand times probably maybe say 200 times everyone everyone who's listened to every episode of Babel will have heard it 227 times yeah we've heard it considerably more times than that I'd, yeah i'd say at least 500 times imagine you were 94 and every time you entered a room someone played it and that had <laughs> happened for your entire life well that's what we're and everyone everyone that stood up and you weren't allowed for. just to go turn that off you had to stand there while everyone sang so, so as the music go, sustain a babble. God save the old. You'd be that's, sick of that. That's what I want to happen. I want within our lifetimes. I want this country and possibly every country r- around the world to become like a sort of um, 
Now, there are places where dictators are in charge and it is the law to have a huge portrait of the dictator in, like, every room. I want that, except with our mugs. And I want the Babel theme tune played wherever we walk. Right, stop that. Silly. He also said, Charlie, he also expressed solidarity with that Extinction Rebellion. And indeed, with that Insulate Britain, did he not? Did he not basically say, like, I think they're all right, they're bunging up the M25? No, sort of. He, He... He didn't, as far as I know, he didn't expressly endorse that protest and those protesters, but he did say that he completely understands why people are doing it, uh, particularly young people, which uh, obviously, you know, there's a range of ages involved in the uh, Interlibrate Britain ones. But he, he, yeah, he said like young people feel like nothing is happening. Uh, so, of course, they're going to get frustrated. I totally understand because no one would listen and they see their future being totally destroyed. So... You know, fair play to fair him, Charlie. Play. Fair play. He's been on a, it's a long time he's been banging on well, he, <laughs> about the planet. He, he, if anybody knows what it's like to not be listened to. So, um, I had to wait yeah. a very long time for something to happen. <laughs> yes. In half of the week... We have, I don't know if we talked about them very much, but there is a new, a brand new, previously unheralded, absolutely not an old rebranded organisation on the block hole called Net Zero Watch. Mm. Mm. Now, we've talked a bit about this, I think, in a previous babble somewhere. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this specifically? I'm not... Maybe not this have, specifically, uh, no, 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 but the kind of backlash to, well, the ostensible backlash that is happening to the costs of climate action in the UK. I think we've talked about that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there is a bit of a problem whereby kind of Brexity Tories, like really hard Brexity Tories, have got their Brexity, hard Brexit thing and are bored and are looking for something else to slag off that looks a bit woke and modern. And they've latched on to climate change, basically, because government uh, is talking a very good game on climate change and is committed to net zero emissions. We've talked at length about the problems with that, but, you know, just ignore that for now. That is a thing that this government says it wants to do. And there are a bunch of Tory Tory MPs who are going, well, yeah, but, you know, it's going to cost loads, isn't it? And no no one's talking about how much it's going to cost and no one's being evidence-based and and there's no balance and it's just all the same bullshit that well exactly the same people were saying five years ago except about climate change in general um so yeah it's kind of emperor's new clothes so this group called the global warming policy foundation which um they are i mean 10 years ago when more than 10 years ago when we first started on this uh beat uh, as in in our jobs they they were like quite a problem because you know they would get invited onto the today program oh, to say God. no climate change isn't happening um, and now for some balance here's someone who's not a climate scientist talking about their bollocks it, and you'd have on lord lawson exactly off of that yeah. global warming policy foundation just going rah, 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 made up china plot communism Exactly, but they but they were given huge prominence by all the the media um, outlets, and it was very problematic, uh, very shady. They never revealed who funds them. They are based out of the same building as all of the other Inhofi think tanks that say uh, anything that looks like a rule or a regulation should be killed. And uh, yes, 
Just on that, before you move off it, did you see the thing that was the admission? Uh, a friend of the babble, Leo Hickman, tweeted this today, that the boss of the Global Warming Policy Foundation, a guy called Benny Pizer, it's a name to conjure with, um, he said the following. We have donors who say, look, I just can't make this public because my daughter would be very cross with me. We have a credibility problem because we've been painted as kind of bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you do have a credibility problem. Because you are bad guys. Because you've spent <laughs> over a decade trying to convince people that climate change isn't happening. Yes. Stop or, it. Or that, or, that, <laughs> or that if it is, which it isn't, but if it was, which it isn't, then we definitely shouldn't do anything about it. No, because that would be too expensive. Yes. But anyway, it's not happening. So we... Oh, it's just... It, it, oh, it's awful. It's awful. They're, they're properly lizards, this lot. Uh, anyway, they've rebranded and um, they've they've literally just changed the name of their Twitter handle to Net Zero Watch, so they've cunningly still got their 27,000 followers Zero or whatever Watch. it is. And they are positioning themselves as the kind of calm, sensible arbiters of this crazy, uh, foolhardy rush to slash emissions at any cost. Uh, and I don't see that rush happening, personally. If there is a rush, it needs to rush the f*** on. Uh, but anyway, that's not how they see it, and it's annoying. And it's it's a slight problem that the government has sort of let this emerge. Like they they have created a bit of a kind of vacuum where nothing is really clear about what they're really doing. You know, they said yes, net zero, net zero. We like net zero. But they haven't said how they're going to do it, and they haven't really said much else. And they've sort of left this vacuum, which bell ends like this can fill. So it's annoying. I'm almost annoyed. <laughs> Speaking of filling a vacuum with bellends, I did just want to ask whether or not you'd seen what Coldplay are up to. Uh, just before we started recording, I heard on the radio <laughs> that they have part. Is this right? They've partnered with BMW to create a sort of massive battery where people <laughs> dancing generate, like, charge the battery. And that kind of powers the festival stage or whatever, the, the arena stage. That makes sense if there were a band that anyone wanted to dance to. They are, look, whether or not you like them, they are, they remain wildly popular. Yeah, but they're not dancey, are they? Like if, I don't know, Shakademus and Pliers did this or something, then, you know, that'd be fine. And actually, I was quite impressed. I heard, I heard Chris Martin on the radio saying, like, yeah, did he happen to did he happen to mention uh, where you can get tickets for his latest tour by any chance? No, he didn't, actually mention, that. he didn't actually mention that. But people said oh, so cynical. The uh, the yeah, the announcer was like, you know, this is the thing they've done. They're trying to they're trying to do the first carbon neutral uh, tour, um, but they're still flying around in private jets, which was you know a bit snide, but probably fair. Well, true. And and Chris Martin was like, yeah, like. Uh, Bring it on! I don't. I don't mind if people criticise us for that because, like, tell when someone invents the solar-powered plane, we'll bloody get on it. But you know, it's not here yet, so we're trying to do our best, but we're not doing as much as we can. And I, I don't know. I thought there was something kind of fair enough about it, actually. Well, I suppose so. I mean, he was asked outright, I think, on the same thing: why tour at all? <laughs> to which his disappointing response was: "We really like to." <laughs> I mean, it's so just there's not, that. It's not really fair, is it? 
You, do, you, you can't. Having a go at Coldplay? Make no, having a go at bands generally. We must have talked about this with uh, William Doyle. Episode yeah. 120 with William Doyle, we did, yeah. Yeah, go back and listen to that. You can't just say, look, don't do your job, which happens to also be loads of fun because it generates emissions because you use transport. Can't you? Can't you? If you like, how much more money does Coldplay need? I mean, like. No, Dave, can't that's you? not the point of live music. Oh, can't you? Christ on a bike. No one has been to live music, well, until recently, for like a year, like 18 months. You, of all people, should know how good live music is, how good it is for the soul. So people want to go to live music and see bands and hear bands and feel the buzz of a crowd. Yes, 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 yes. But do they need to fly in private jets to the other side of the world to do it? That's the question. Well, like there's yes. plenty of live music. Do they need to fly to where are they from? Las Vegas and do a gig over there? Does the world need? Does Las Vegas need Coldplay in it in private jets, or can it have its own? Can it have its own Las Vegas-based middle-of-the-road sponge rock? I'm not arguing. I've refused to argue with this. Look at the stars. Look how they shine. Shut up and answer my question. Right. So, I said to you this week, I said, oh, I'm a bit busy, and you appear to be lying around not doing anything. So, could you do some looking into whether or not we're going to fry the planet in a few weeks' time, please, at this here cop talk, yeah? And you did well. You looked <laughs> into it. You came up with loads and loads of stuff. You researched. You understand it all now. And the problem with it is it's really, really boring. So I thought we would enliven Says the... the... Oh. What? What? Well, I mean, we'll what? see how the edit of this episode goes, but... You'd be very lucky if you're in it. There's been... <laughs> Carry on. Right, you're going to get a quiz. You're going to get a quiz on stuff you already know because you looked it up and which I can't really be bothered to read about because it's boring. We're and that's the way this week, aren't we? We're really that's touching. the way we're going to kill several uh, Inhofs with one swipe, right? Okay. So... Here we are. What does Ol remember about whether or not we're going to save the planet, which Ol looked up, quiz? Right, question number one in what does Ol remember about whether or not we're going to save the planet, which Ol looked up, quiz. Um, how many world leaders are coming to COP that matter? <laughs> uh, well... I know that there are 120 supposed to be coming. Does that include Scott Morrison off of Australia? Uh, allegedly, no. Um, okay. Does it include Mr T? He's not a world leader. Is Arnie going? Arnie was at the last one, wasn't he? Oh, I'm he? sure he'll go, yeah. Um, I think I said only about eight of them matter. Right. That is what you said, so you get a point for being correct. I'm only, I'm only giving you points for whether or not you are saying what you said, right? Okay, good. So, wh- who are the eight that matter, would you say? Oh, what I don't eight? know. Like the biggest co- economies in the world. Like it's big boy the, politics, isn't it? It's, uh, th- this is a classic example of how everyone will be paying lip service to the fact that it's a global collaboration. But really, what happens is that at some point, very late on in the process, the US and the Saudis and the Chinese and Britain, Britain. well, probably the UK Little will Britain. be involved in this one. Um, just mainly because they're hosting it and stuff. But they get in a room and they say, this is what's happening. And um, that's really what matters. 
So why do we need all the rest of it if that's what actually matters? Why because do we need all the hoo-ha and the two happen. weeks and the two weeks of stuff and the flying all over the world to get to this thing and the conference? Why don't we just get the eight most important people in the room and just say, what do you want to happen? Well, because it would be even more terrible if they were left to their own devices because they would just oh. protect their own interests. And they kind of try very hard to do that anyway. But, you know, pesky little countries who are going to like literally be underwater and all of their people are going to have to move if they haven't already and things like that say things like could we be a little more ambitious please because what you just agreed is going to kill us all um so i don't think we want to sign up to that so it is important that everyone's there but i just what, the point i'm making is that unfortunately it's not a perfect democratic process and therefore the big uh dick swinging countries will probably swing their dicks towards the end of the night well, I've heard someone who I trust very much on this stuff says that like there is quite a large chance of a lot of them countries, what you mentioned, what are little and potentially underwater, all walking out en masse and saying, up with this, we shall not put up your bottom with this talk. And apparently if that happens, like that is the end of it. No one can claim that's not a disaster if all the little countries move out. So they're not exactly just making up the numbers, right? No, they're I'm giving sure they're it not. their endorsement by being part of it. Yes. What we are noticing that there's, there's been a reverse. There's been a lot of rain during the dry season unexpectedly. It's so much sun during the, the rainy season. So it's difficult for us as farmers now to cope. We cannot really plan because we don't know when is the rainy season, when is the dry season now, simply because climate has changed. Question number two in whatever I said the name of this quiz was, rearrange the following words into a sentence. Mechanisms, boring, important, but are ratchet. <laughs> Um, ratchet mechanisms are boring but important. Very good. Thank yes. You. Good. Uh, right. 30 seconds. Off you go. Explain yourself. In 2015, everybody agreed what they as a country would do to cut their own emissions. And everyone added them all up. And it meant we're going to be at over three degrees of warming by the end of the century. So they said by this COP in 2021, you need to have ratcheted up your commitment. 10 seconds. Uh, and we will bring it all together and see what we're, we're left at. So that's the ratchet mechanism. Yes, and the ratchet mechanism has been ratcheted up someone's bottom, yes? Yes, um, there's all, everyone's done a huge amount of ratcheting and the scores are in and <laughs> it's okay because we're, we're no longer heading for 3.2 degrees of, of warming, which would be an apocalyptic outcome. Um, we're heading for 2.7 degrees of warming, which oh, would less. be an apocalyptic outcome. Oh, so that less, is less apocalyptic. Yeah. 0.4 degrees. Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's a slightly slower apocalypse because obviously oh, that, we're just talking about how hot it's going to be at the end of the century. Uh, and it's going to keep getting hotter after that uh, with that sort of trajectory. So that's that's super. Great. Did you, how much of last week did you spend ratcheting? <laughs> no, that, that was the week before last. Oh, I had it? one week of relative health. Um, and yeah, was, that was a... Uh, looking back, I didn't know how lucky I was. What's this quote you found, which is the least inspiring quote in the world? Oh, yes, this. The NDC framework is helping parties to advance towards fulfilling their commitments under the Paris Agreement. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was from, sorry, that was from uh, someone called Miss Espinosa. I don't know who that is. Uh, she's very important UK. in the UN. Right. Um, oh, sorry, I shouldn't know who that is. And yeah, so not only is that an incredibly dull collection of words in an incredibly dull order, yeah. and I mean, I should know about dull collections of words. It's also an extraordinary example of turd polishing because uh, it, it's in the context of a report which says, 
Yeah, so the scientists are very clear, very clear, that the world needs to halve its emissions within the next nine years, by 2030. Oh, heavens. Yeah. 45%. Well, with it, by 2030 is like next eight years, isn't it, really? Probably yeah, yeah, basically. In, yeah. in eight years' yeah. time, based yeah. on 2010 levels, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what the science says has got to happen. Right. Everyone agrees. Mm. And so everyone has brought their, all the countries have brought their new commitments to the table. Right. Okay, based on the science, this is what we're going to do to cut our own emissions. Yeah. UN have added them up and gone, super. Well, that, that means that in 2030, emissions, which you'll recall need to have halved, will actually have gone up by 16%. I'm sorry. It sounded like you said gone up. Do you want yeah. to try that again? No, it's gone up. So mm. if everyone does all of the things they've pledged to do currently, having ratcheted, yes. emissions will be higher. What? No, no, what? <laughs> higher in 2030 uh, rather than 50% lower. You mean higher than they are today? Yes. At well, the point where we're supposed to have like, emissions are rising at the moment. And that's what everyone's coming to this conference and saying that's the good plan. Well, no, the com- the job of the conference is to persuade everybody that that's a bad plan and that there should be a little bit more ratcheting and perhaps they should ratchet a bit harder and a bit tighter. Um, I, really ho- I really hope Barney's coming to this <laughs> conference. <laughs> I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle. <laughs> Right, okay, question three. This might be the last question you're going to get in Does I'll Remember What You Said quiz, whatever it was about the thing that you did quiz thing. Um, is, you're sulking uh, a bit because I remember, aren't you? You're, you're a bit disappointed that I have actually remembered what I wrote down. Surprised, I think, is a better word than sulking. <laughs> it may look like sulking because I can only express two emotions. <laughs> I want <laughs> Question number three is, who is the bigger Inhofe? Xi Jinping? Please don't come at us, Mr. Xi. Or Joe Biden. Well. Mmm. Well. I don't remember saying one was categorically better or worse than the other. What I did say, don't come at me, is that America has not actually been that awful in the run-up to COP. And America has a proud track record of screwing up all of these COPs. Mm. Like, massively. Even in the Barry Obi years. Everyone really? thinks Barry Obi was lovely, but he screwed up. He was up. lovely. No, well, I think he probably that's because he was followed by Donald Trump. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. But Joe Biden has done some stuff, which is good. He, ha- he and John Kerry, who is climate envoy, used to be Secretary of State for Barry Obi, uh, they have got everyone. They've been bashing heads together. They've been quite mean to Boris Johnson, saying this is going to be a failure, like sort it out. Uh, oh God! Which, I'm just imagining if someone someone turned up at my work and was like, "Yeah, that project you're doing, that's going to be a failure." It's, it's all right. right. You work in the third sector. No one ever says stuff like that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no comment. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Anyway, so they've said, "Come on, pull this together. This is going to be a failure. You're in charge of this. Stop being a knob." They have also really focused everybody on twenty on twenty thirty, which is good and is necessary because in the past everything has been about. 2050 the politics of all of this have been 
Right. Like, like we, the UK. we will do this 40 years in the future don't exactly. worry about it it's fine we've got it we've got this sorted not tomorrow exactly but really soon after yeah, tomorrow exactly. specifically 40 years in the future exactly and that's no use to anybody and for the first time like a cop is genuinely focused on what are people going to do by 2030 which oh. is by far i mean it, that's that is right that is where the that focus the should point. be because yes you know cumulative emissions blah 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 stuff stays in the atmosphere too long uh, this is the decade. So it's good that the US are beating that drum. And as part of that, uh, Biden has doubled, I think, the amount of cash they're pledging to spend on international finance on this is it stuff. enough? Nope. Right. And, it, and it's still an absolutely tiny proportion of what they spend globally um, on all sorts of things. Uh, but he has also, uh, with the EU, I think, is it the EU? Oh, yeah, I, I think know. it's the EU. Uh, they've done this thing on methane. They've got everyone, they've got everyone oh, yeah. banging it together saying, right, look, because it's an incredibly potent greenhouse gas, because in the short term, if you can stop methane leaking everywhere, uh, that's going to stop warming a lot. Carry bags on the bums of cows. We've talked about this before. Exactly. Uh, yeah. so, so they've got, I think, 20 countries or something now signed up to this thing saying we're going to cut methane by whatever it is, 30%. But that's important. That is important because it's a short-term, very potent gas. Can you pass gas at will? Fart once for no, twice for yes. Right, what's China doing? China is not doing anything at the moment. So, right. well, it's could they opening more, They're opening more coal stations. How about that? Yeah, so that's not ideal. Mm. That's not ideal. China kind of surprised everyone by saying a few years ago that they were going to peak their emissions by 2030 and they were going to have net zero by 2060. And everyone's like, whoa, that's actually quite... A lot better than we thought. Still not good enough, but quite a lot better. And now they haven't said what they're going to do. They haven't released their NDC. Play the uh, sexy NDC music, do Sexier, sexier than that. Thank you. That's very good. Um... Yes, which is their plan. They haven't come to the table with their plan for what they're going to do by 2030. And that's obviously important because basically they determine whether the planet fries or not to some extent. Uh, and they've, yeah, they've, they've got a big old um, problem in terms of their domestic energy uh, capacity. So they've allowed coal stations to be built again. Right. Good. What did you say? Stop asking me questions. If you don't want to know the answers, if I do want to know the answer. They're getting bored by the answers. <laughs> Can I just ask you the only question that matters? Is this thing, from what you know about it, going to save the planet? No. Right. Even the people organising it say it isn't. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Great, like, great work, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, it won't be enough, but it'll be better. And, um, you know, it'll. What's the phrase they're using? They're saying it will keep 1.5 alive. As in, by the end of this conference, we won't have totally demolished our chances of restricting global warming to 1.5 degrees. By the we'll end do of the that century. next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll properly bury that one at a special event called Kill 1.5 uh, in 2022. No, they say that it's very unlikely that we're going to have uh, sufficient commitments from everybody but uh, we should have enough progress that it is still possible hello i'm chris packham and you're listening to sustain a babble when 
Anyway, wanted to bring you a little chat that I had with a guy called Bamba. Now, Bamba is a chap. He's a listener to Sustainababble. A few months ago, he wrote to us. He wrote to us and he said, Oi, Sustainababble, I make shit. I make things. I've made a massive bear. I've made a 10-foot-high bear out of papier-mâché. No, tissue paper and willow and stuff. And I, he says, I'm going to walk it from my house in the south of England to Glasgow, which is in the north of Britain, right? And I'm going to do that over 22 days on my feet. Aren't I great? And wouldn't you like to talk to me about it? To which we said, you are great. You're a loony. <laughs> yes, we would like to talk to you about it. So we're going to end this episode just with a little chat that I had earlier. Ol couldn't do it because he was too busy. I don't know, what were you doing? What were you doing at six o'clock? No, Juggling children well, I mean, squeezing yeah, the, your spots into a spittoon or The something. reason I said no was because I'm too ashamed to show strangers my face at the moment. Mm. I did I tell Bamba that, by the way. I don't mind showing you my face. Um, I'm not thrilled about it, but, you know, I, I can just about cope. But I didn't, I didn't want to show a... I didn't want to show a stranger my face. So, Bamba, what the bloody hell are you doing, you total, total lunatic? Right. Um, Two years ago, I made a 10-foot-high sculpture of a polar bear and... Then I decided that I would take it on a pilgrimage to COP. COP was cancelled last year, so I'm doing it now. This is a lightweight sculpture made out of fine bamboo poles, willow withies, and a hell of a lot of heavy-duty tissue paper and PVA glue. So he's like a giant lantern. And he's 10 foot high. He weighs only 17 kilos. And so the idea is that I'm doing the whole walk from South Shropshire, Bishop's Castle, let's get my hometown in there, Bishop's Castle, <laughs> all the way to Glasgow, which I is, is going to be, let's be positive, it's going to be 22 days walking, and I'm doing the whole thing with local people through the area I'm working, joining me every day. And it's 310 miles or so. What's that, from kilometres? 400 kilometres-ish? Yeah, 400, 400 and something. A long way. And you're walking that with a very large, very you know, relatively light, but let's face it, 17 kilograms is not going to feel light when you are walking 400 whatever it is kilometres. So are you doing that completely on your own or what? No, no, no. I'm doing the whole thing. And then the first day from Bishop's Castle, I had a whole gang of my friends and we carried him. He has two poles that he stands on uh, horizontal poles so he can be carried like he's on a palaquin and um, they helped me the first day and then the first night I stayed in a vicarage 14 miles away with people I'd never met before and the next day a different gang of people from Shrewsbury and there took me the next carried me that helped me the next day up to the next place so I've now done five days and it's been the weirdest and most wonderful adventure of my life. The people I've met, all sorts of people, um, uh, and the conversations. I was talking today with someone who is a scientist and a Christian uh, and what he 
done in the last 70 years. Oh, it's just amazing. And people running out of their houses to um, offer us sweets and cake and stuff like that. Brilliant. So, what, why? <laughs> like, I understand the big why that there's climate change going on and a climate talks going on and that the talks are happening somewhere you don't live. But what is it you're trying to do? Well, I make shit. I make stuff. I can oh. make big sculptures and um, I can't think of any better to do, really. There's this climate <laughs> crisis and I want to do something. And I like the idea of a pilgrimage, the idea of a Christian mm. pilgrimage, though I'm not Christian, but I like the idea of penance and going somewhere with a reason and meeting people. Mm. And it is for the people doing it more than for the people watching. For the people watching, they're thinking, there's a big bloody great bear going up the high street. What's all that about then? And we do give them little leaflets so they can look us up and find out what the hell it is. But I I'm really realistic that I know that the world leaders are not going to be watching local television and seeing a bear and be interested anyway. But it is raising awareness and doing something. And the people I've met and the community we've made is what it's all about. I mean, the bear has a banner on the front which says um, everything is one, everything is love. And that is what it's about, I suppose. It's about we're not going to solve all this until we love the world and we begin to love each other a bit to get climate sorted and also the iniquities of the world. You know, Is it art? Because you're an artist. Would you describe this as art, performance art, or something else entirely? Yes, I suppose it is performance art. Um, it's endurance it's a, it's, art. It's a, it's a statement. It's a, yes, it's bloody hard work, um, and that's part of it. But also, it's the generosity of strangers. Like mm. this evening, I'm staying in a house, and I didn't know an hour ago that I was staying here. I was trudging up the road with a bear on the trolley because all the people who helped me this morning had eventually said they've got to go home. So as well as carrying him on the palaquin, I've got a little trolley. So we put him on the trolley and I was pulling him along and this lovely woman came up to offer me some change. And I said, do you know where I can stay up in Rain Hill, which is another mile or two up the road? And she said, oh, you can stay with me. Are you finding that the people you come across and the people that, ch and the people that get involved know what the climate talks in Glasgow are? Do people give a shit or are you kind of having half of what you're doing, telling them what you're up to and why it matters? Um, a lot of the people we meet on the street aren't aware of COP26. But the people who have come along to spend a day with me, yes, they are aware. They are um, people from all walks of life. Um, I sometimes go to Quakers and Quaker meetings and the local people have been very helpful and they've written to all the Quaker meeting houses all the way up the route. So I've had some lovely Quaker people with me. I've had Extinction Rebellion people and just friends of where I was staying. Like yesterday night, yesterday night um, I had no one booked for today to help 
and the guy whose house I was staying in, who I only just met, spent six hours or something on the phone texting and emails. And this morning there were seven or eight people at his front door ready to go. And during the day, people have joined. It's been wonderful. Um, so can I say something about the route? I, the, the route is the shortest, straightest line between Bishop's Castle and Glasgow. So it goes all the way up to Carlisle and then kinks off to um, Glasgow. So if anyone is interested, if they go to clarionthebear.fish, I'm stealing the dot fish from oh, you, yes. your dot fish. Oh, and I yes. thought, that's cool. Very good. Uh, you are now officially the second ever user that I've come across with the dot so, fish after us. So it's clarionthebear.fish or clarionthebear on Facebook. And if you'd like to get involved and you are on a route between um, Widnes, Lancaster, um, Carlisle, Lockerbie, um, Douglas and up to Glasgow. Um, um, yes, and the, the route and the, the days that we're doing the route um, is all on the website and on Facebook. And on Facebook, there are links to the 23 different WhatsApp groups. There's a WhatsApp group for each day and um, you can join one. So what is it that you hope, realistically, that the COP is going to achieve? When you look at it as a summit where all the world's leaders are going to come and talk about stuff, how optimistic are you? I'm afraid I'm not optimistic at all. Um, ah. The track record of the last 40 years doesn't give one much confidence, but I think one needs to keep on shouting. Um, I know of dozens, if not hundreds of people who are going to COP, it's going to be really a big thing. I know there's 10,000 police going to be guarding the site and we're not going to get able to get anywhere near, but there's just hundreds and hundreds of people heading for Glasgow. It's going to be quite something. So it matters, it matters to you that you are there to be seen with or without a massive bear, regardless of what the politicians do. That's important. Yes. Oh, I didn't say about what I'm going to do with the bear when I get there. You're going to shove it up Boris Johnson's bottom? Uh, I'd love to. But um, <laughs> I was on another podcast. I'm sorry. I was on another podcast with um, someone else doing a pilgrimage. And he's very well connected. And he's managed to get a spot to do a performance inside COP. So I said to him, wow. well, would you like a bear in your performance? whatever it is and he said yes fantastic so the bear's going to get in there i'm not and i don't want to be taking the bear home it seems everyone says oh we don't you want it back no he's You're been sick lovely. of the sight of the bloody thing <laughs> Right. Do you care about COP? Like, really care about COP? Interesting. Ah. Because it's definitely your job to, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, go on. Why don't you just ask me whether I like my boss? Ask me that. (laughs) Ask me that question. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean. Like, we're all all working on this thing which is important. 
But do, like, do you in your heart of hearts do you think this is a big deal? Yeah, I think it is. I think for three reasons. Reason number one, I think because it's a lot like an away day at work. You know, like away days at work when you go and sit. Oh, to miss mine. Oh, because you had first time in two years. I was going to hang out. There's loads of people I've never met. It's probably just as well, don't and you think? Well, I had to say I couldn't come because I was postulating. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know in a way, days that, like, basically, you go and sit in a pub or in a room with your colleagues and everyone, there's always these big plans for them. They're always about unity and plan making. And really, the only sort of good away day is an away day where you come out of it and you feel better about your workplace than when you went in. That's kind of the point of an yes. away day, I reckon, yes. is to make you like your job a bit and to feel positive about it and like you know what the hell you're doing, right? I kind of think a cop is one aspect of a cop is like that. Um, the, like the point of it is to make the world think we can do this. Maybe we're not screwed. So that all the people who are spending the money and doing the day-by-day decisions, be that like mayors or businesses or other prime ministers or prime ministers or like, you know, people talking about this stuff go, yeah, I can see climate change is important. I can see that people give a shit. I can see, yeah. So there's that, right? And I think it does matter that this thing is not a failure because as you said in your quiz thing, what else you got? Like, you know, this is the this is the game in town. We've singularly failed to do it any other way. So it does matter in that sense. It does matter for, like, climate justice reasons that the rich countries do enough for poor countries. And that's kind of what the cops really about, it, you know, a, apart from lots of squabbling about what rich is and what poor is and what enough is. That's kind of what, you know. So yeah. that does matter. And I think it just matters in general for... It really matters that it doesn't fall on its ass because if, do you remember in Copenhagen in yeah. two thousand and nine? Yeah. Bloody hell, which was yeah. the like the big mahusive climate shindig before the last big mahusive climate shindig, like the big one, when everyone was like, This is the one, this one's gonna save the earth, absolutely definitely. If it fails, we're all buggered and it failed. Like it got a didn't get a deal, did it? It got like a Well sort of it was bit, worse. A bit of paper. It, it became incredibly acrimonious and, and right. like it was a proper falling apart loss of trust yeah. where like everyone went away and was like there's no bloody way i'm getting in a room with those bastards again right. and all of the climate campaigners and all of the people that i know and all the people even who'd been vaguely following it got the message real hard that this was shit and it was proper deflating i think it took a lot of the arse out of the climate movement for a Definitely. long time right and what i think is different this time is if any climate campaigner or activist of my acquaintance this time, even the hardcore climate justice ones, like, say, I don't know, Assad, go back and talk to, listen to episode 135 for, for our chat with Assad. Even people like that, don't actually know what Assad is saying, but even people like that are going, we know that this thing is not a, if it fails, we're all buggered, because we don't expect it to succeed, as you say, and because we are still going to carry on doing activisting, and we're still going to carry on doing campaigning, and we're still going to try and, like, smash capitalism and stuff, or, you know, work in partnership with companies, whatever it is people want to do, right? Bit of a spectrum. So for those reasons, yes, I think it matters. Oh. <laughs> right. That is just about it for another episode of Babel. Thank you very much indeed, Dave. <laughs> Mainly uh, for babbling on. And thank you to Bamba uh, for being a splendid loony. Uh, we are a listener-funded podcast, so give us some cash to keep uh, the babble on the road. You can do that by going to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com 
forward slash sustainable. Uh, many thanks indeed to the people who do. Uh, we love it. I, it. It honestly just fills my heart with joy every time we get a little emails saying someone's donated, uh, you know, another couple of quid or dollars or whatever. And it's just, it is unbelievably lovely that people do that. So thank you. Thank you to the magnificent Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends and intertwinkles this podcast, to the formidable Arthur Stovall for the logo, What Adorns It, and our t-shirts, which you can buy at wobblywobblywobbly.sustainababble.fish, and to Arabella for so nobly reading out, got hiccups, the eco guff. You can get in touch with us. You can tell us what you thought of the show. We are on the Facebook, just search Sustainababble. We're on the Twitter, at the Babble Wagon, or you can drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. By the time the next babble drops, I will have seen Arabella for the <gasps> first time in a long time. Is she going to come on the babble again like she did in episode 37? Maybe I'll take my mic. Shall I take my mic? Take I'll your mic. Yeah, I'll take my mic. Yeah. Get a, yeah get Very excited primer. about seeing Arabella. Did in, you see? In Arabella's home, going up to that there Scotland. So. That is very exciting. Did you see that your sustainable is, this popularity is growing. We are now 26th in the entire iTunes science chart. So like of no. any science podcast quite anywhere good. in, uh, let's say in the UK, but is listened to in the UK, we are 26 in it. Now, keen, uh, keen-eared <laughs> listeners will science, spot the problem. Science podcast, you say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As in science science. Yes. Yes. Gosh. Yes, we are. So next time, if you are at home, some next of my time we teachers do an episode... will be very, very surprised to hear this news. <laughs> Dave is very surprised to hear this news. <laughs> if, next time we do a thing about science and you have the temerity to write to us and say we don't know about science, up your bum, because we do, because iTunes say we do. So there we are, number 26 and rising. That number is going up. Your babble is getting ever higher. Let's, get, let's smash into the top 10 of the science podcast. Let's make it so that when people want science, they download the babble. God, that would be amusing, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. If you oh. are here because you thought this was a science podcast... Keep, stay tuned. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned. tuned. Stay it's tuned. not too late. Right, I am off to continue uh, scraping pestilence from my visage. What are you doing, Dave? I'm off to scrub the inside of my brain free of all that boring pestilence you put in there. You shouldn't have asked for it. You shouldn't have asked for it. Bye! Bye! Bye!